0: Welcome to This Week in VO with J. Michael Collins. Each week, JMC will host one of the voiceover industry's most interesting personalities for a casual freestyle chat that encompasses more than just business, digging deep into the guest's backstory and pulling back the curtain on how they became the person they are today. Now please welcome this week's guest, Julianne Dean.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Jay Michael, and welcome to the third episode of This Week in VO. And I'm going to apologize in advance if my audio quality doesn't sound amazing. I'm coming to you from a hotel in Dallas, Texas, where I'm currently Traveling at the moment for various and sundry reasons. So uh, you're getting laptop audio today, but hopefully it will hold up. But more importantly, I have a fantastic guest today, uh, somebody I've gotten to know a little bit over the last several months as we work together uh, with some coaching and on a demo, but she is a, uh, an incredibly decorated talent as i'm looking through this list of box awards one voice awards voice arts awards nominations wins uh i mean just get mike competition winner for 2020 uh and the most importantly though what i see on here among a million different voiceover credits is paw patrol and we're, we're going to talk about that because that is near and dear to my heart as the father of a four-year-old but before we do ladies and gentlemen Julianne dean welcome
0: Oh, thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me very much. It's lovely.
1: I'm glad you're here and you've got I'm I, I, you've got quite a background in the business. Talk to tell, tell us a little bit about how how your journey into voiceover started before we start talking about Paw Patrol, because that's going to consume quite a lot of our time today.
0: Is it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm only a small role in that one. <laughs> anyway, so, um me I unusual I am <laughs> I I lived well I was born in Yorkshire and and um I'm from a military my dad moved all over so um born in Yorkshire lived in Germany Ireland Belgium Germany again um my older brothers were sent to a boarding school and I stayed with mum and dad but dad was always away for months so it was mainly mum and me and we were really close still are but she was working full time so I inevitably I spent a lot of time on my own (laughs) and um, in Germany we only had one TV channel Uh, you can't really imagine that now but um, so I think I constantly felt like I was missing out and as a kid I just did stuff to have a creative outlet I would write I, I wrote a film which was terrible I took singing lessons I wrote and that was by the library and I, I, not, I wasn't paying for it just um, I r- wrote really bad songs I did dance classes uh, my first stage performance was as a badger in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs <laughs> um, I just loved performing and um, there was an amateur theatre group at the ar- in the army uh, we'd do shows in the community centre and um, so When I was fourteen and we moved to Gloucester in the UK, I just went for it. I had a file, I had a list, I had the landline phone, and I also there were four channels on the telly as well. So So that's better than one. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. (laughs) I was good to go. So I literally, so I was fourteen and I just literally used to phone. I'd come home from school and I'd phone the casting directors. I'd just go straight to the top ones. I'd phone them. I'd write to them. I kept a a, a folder of every every correspondence I had, and um, and yeah, one of them once said, "What you should probably think about putting a singing demo together," and that led me to phoning a local recording studio, and um, and that that call is probably what changed everything for me really um I was 16 when I first went into the studio and I just saw these posters on the wall for animations that I'd heard of or I'd seen and um they said that they did the voices for them and and I I just asked if I could have a go and they they happened to have an audition they were looking to cast the main girl for so I had a go and I got the gig and it was a dub from German to English, of The Little Vampire on the BBC.
1: Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> and w- what an interesting route to get in there and then to get noticed, right?
0: Yeah. So whenever anybody asks me how do you get into voiceovers, I'm like, oh, I'm not the best person to ask. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very so- All right, so, so I'm, I'm going to pigeonhole you now. You said you had a, a small role on Paw Patrol. My, mm. my I have to explain why this is so important to me. My son, Tom, for the last two years at least, since he's been old enough to understand what's going on in that show. Um, I mean, I'm, I sing the, the song in, in, in the shower because it's just ingrained in my head. I've heard it so many thousands of times at this point and he still has all of his shirts and pants and he, he just wants his Paw Patrol gear every time he goes to school, including his backpack and everything else. So I, you know, it, it, it's a big part of our lives, Julianne. What What did you do in that show? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well, do you know? I mean, we only do the UK dubs, so, right. are you listening to the American one? He, he
1: actually has seen the UK one, he goes kind of back and forth between the UK one and the American
0: right, one, right? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I play a character called Arby in Paw Patrol, and mm-hmm. the, he's uh, kind of he's seen as a, a villain in it. it. He comes in with swashbuckling Sid, they, they appear on a ship once in a while, but he's mm-hmm. he's just adorable. How does he talk? He's sort of like, um, Oh, swashbuckling sir! And uh, they sort of go on these little <laughs> adventures. But he's he's um he's a very sweet character. But I don't he hasn't been in a huge amount. Uh, but yeah, it's a well known one that I've been in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're we're pretty we're, we're fairly convinced Tom's going to be either a firefighter or a police officer. Oh yeah, my time. friends.
0: <laughs> I got my son. Uh, my not my son. I got my friend's son an audition. And he now plays Chase in it. So, uh, y- yeah, your, your son would be pleased about that, I imagine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so you, grew, you grew up in a military family. You talked about moving around. You moved around a lot then, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, once every four years, right. something like that, yeah. It was okay. Just, Well, I didn't really like it because I'm a really social person. And I think y- you you have... Y- I'm. A, I like to have a lot of friends, and and you can't get too close to anybody because they will move <laughs> right. to another country. Uh, so I found that difficult as I was growing up, and also my brothers were sent to. They were sent to the UK. They went to a boarding school in the UK. So I didn't. I just felt really disconnected from the UK. Um, having said that, there were a lot of things going on for us. Uh, they they'd set up activities. Uh, the army, the soldiers. It was it was nice. We'd do like shooting things and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, climb activity breaks in the woods and stuff like that. It was it was fun, Um, but I did feel like I was on the outskirts.
1: Right. What what did your father do in the military?
0: Just staff sergeant. Yeah. 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 But he was traveling a lot. He was uh, in the jungle a lot of months at a time. Yeah.
1: Right, right. Uh, talk talk to us a little bit about the the UK at the moment. I think everybody's still sort of isolated, or some of us are just starting to emerge from from our little bubbles as things move slowly back towards normal. But what how are things over there at the moment?
0: Um, I think everybody's starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, for me, <laughs> having Tommy, my son is Tommy. He's, oh, yeah. He's yeah yeah how old is your tom
1: He's almost five
0: yeah so is mine okay. in july i we'll
1: have to schedule a play date when we're allowed to visit yes place.
0: that would be amazing <laughs> um so he started back at school on the 8th of march and that that was monday <laughs> and that's been the biggest relief for us i mean i could postpone the socializing a bit longer uh, it was just having him at home was really uh our hands were tied. Right. We're working very hard all hours and we both work full-time me and my husband so uh having him at school again has been a a big relief although I've left everything to do this week and now all of a sudden I'm manic this week but things should calm down a bit next week (laughs) but for um for lockdown overall um yeah it's been difficult we've I think (laughs) I mean I'm talking for the whole of the UK here Uh, it's different attitudes of different people come comes out more and you you I don't know it's been it's just been tricky emotionally for uh, a lot of people in my life and I imagine it has been for a, a lot of people um I mean I I haven't seen my mum. I saw her briefly in the summer. Um, so, yeah, it's just just a bit, right. a bit hard. But, you know, we're made of tough stuff.
1: <laughs> you, well, you guys do seem to be ahead of most of the world in, in vaccinating. I think they, they're talking about June to really completely reopen, right?
0: Yes, yes. The vaccination process, which has been put in the hands of the NHS, uh, they have done stonkingly well hurrah <laughs> so yes seeing the light at the end of the tunnel is right. uh, a, a great hope that we really really needed but we're still i think everybody is still very cautious that it could go back again
1: Right. right. well
0: i imagine they are I'm not sure <laughs> can't we're, speak we're, for everyone we're
1: hopeful we'll get the chance to see london again in the summer so hopefully we'll have the chance to, oh, to I have hope that drinking so. and- maybe maybe introduce tom's <laughs> yeah so talk talk to me about the the UK voiceover market a little bit i think that uh, uh this this is you know going out to mostly an american audience so um i know there are differences between the two markets i think one of the things that, that i've always noticed with the uk market prior to covid was that it was still so focused on people coming into storefront studios um and so so talk to us about the uk market a little bit what what is it like
0: well, um, there's a hell of a lot of us with our with our own studios. We certainly don't do that. The thing is, I started way back when, but I was going into an external studio. When did I get my studio? That was about twelve years ago. I set up a studio at home to work full time on voiceovers. But um, now uh, you have, it, it, I think it's it's just changed so much in the past few years um whereas it you there used to be a studio in london that a lot of voice actors would just hang out at mm-hmm. and they'd throw in uh they'd say oh there's a radio ad and then they'd just get an actor to do it um th- i mean i wasn't involved in that That's the radio advert side of things but apparently that used to happen a lot but e- i mean even now i am starting to record animations from home um video games as well um yes so but i guess that that's changed everywhere hasn't it it has well
1: i'll I'll say one of the things i hear from a lot of the la agents is that while i think they've all pretty pretty much given up on commercial and other genres kind of going back into storefront studios to any great degree after all this they do seem to feel like the animation and video games will be going back to to working from third parties Do do you feel that's going to happen in the uk as well
0: I don't know. Uh yes, I I th- I think they would prefer that. But I think that for the lower budget stuff they might keep it working from home because um they realize that they don't need to pay for the London studio. So just on a cost uh, the costing front in LA, in LA yeah I'm sure that they they can't wait to get back into the I mean working together as an ensemble you you can't beat it. Right. Um but uh there is it is possible so we can still create something magical uh remotely it's but there, uh, yeah that you just can't beat being together in the same room i don't think
1: tell us about some of your most interesting experiences in that setting have you had some good ensemble experiences working with a, a multi-member cast and animation yeah. yeah
0: yeah one of my favorite ones to work on was one called toby's Traveling Circus. And that was with two other voice actors, Jimmy Hibbert and Joanna Ruiz. And we it was stop frame animation. And we um pl- we played all of the characters in it, and it was a circus. So we all had loads of characters to do, and, and that's my favorite thing to do, is, is doing a variety of characters in a show. Um and of course, so we all got there. We'd been cast as one or two roles each, and then they said, "Okay, and we just want to establish voices for this, that, and the other and um and back then, I wish I'd had a better toolkit because i I could have gone for something something there was one voice I did and I thought it sounds too similar to the other one um and it was all throughout the whole thing I was constantly battling that but I was playing about five or six different characters so it was only a small um I I, by the end of it I I think it it was pretty clear but um I felt frustrated that I hadn't just gone slightly different but um Mm. it was it was so great that's that's where it really feels like acting because they, they're building this stop frame animation to it. So whenever you go, um, oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> All the random ha! snorts or whatever, they love it. They go mad for it. And you go into the studio where they're doing the stop frame animation. And it takes, it takes them, oh, they do about 12 seconds of stop frame animation per day. So it takes them a long time. You can just hear your voice going, ha. <laughs> over and over again, whilst they're trying to to match it to the the pieces of um, whatever it is that they're tweaking. So well,
1: uh, yeah. Do you have a, a role that you've played that you is particularly near and dear to your heart?
0: Um, uh, I, the one that springs to mind is just the one I was doing yesterday because um, I think, and I think that's what it is at the moment. I'm talking animation here. Because, uh, there is another one thinking about it now, but I played this character called Lacey in Sunny Day for Nick Jr. And Sunny Day is a, a kind of cheesy, girly animation set show, which has been fairly popular, I think. But I just love the character. And I was brought she was supposed to be a bit of a. I think I really enjoy playing the mischievous, <laughs> uh, sarcastic ones. And in fact, before this podcast i thought well, i'll have a look at the things that i've done because i figured you'd probably ask and and i'm like yeah yeah a lot of the roles i've um i've ended up getting they're kind of these sort of saki um funny roles and uh, they are definitely my favorite so i've really enjoyed playing Lacey. she's like she's like what uh no you know she just sort of walks around. i don't think so and then she just does a quiet uh-huh. and she's just, and then, and then and then the Max is the same in Max and Ruby. Uh, he, so he started out not really saying much. In fact, the the voice actress that was playing Ruby used to do his little cries, and then he started to say the odd thing So they um they put a shout out for male voice, and so I, I got that, and and I was I, it would just be like the odd word. But the brilliant thing about him is. He's there, and then she's so she's a bit of a, a goody two shoes, uh, and and she's said, "Oh, we do this, we do that, we do that," and then and then Max is just there, and he just has a look, and you're like, "Ah, yeah, he knows," or, or maybe just a okay, just a little a little noise, and you're like, okay, yeah, no, he knows what's going on. Um, that I was thinking my favorite role. Sorry, God, I could go on about this for ages. Probably my favorite role is a uh, stage role, which was um educating in, in no not educating reacher, even though I've done that, is Shirley Valentine. Mm-hmm. I played Shirley Valentine, which was a one woman show. Two two and a half hours. Wow on stage talking uh but you know when you're doing that you just you know you're lost in the character and it's an absolute luxury
1: (laughs) so the the cheeky sarcastic characters you book is that a reflection of your real personality or is that something hidden that 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 you allow to come out in these characters
0: (laughs) i don't know you tell me (laughs) yeah uh, i'm drawn to funny i mean um if I could one day possibly ever be in a in a, a British um, sitcom by Ricky Gervais or mm-hmm. uh, Steve Coogan, or oh, I just love those, I love them, and that would probably be a dream thing for me <laughs> to do something <laughs> like that.
1: Do, yeah. So we're talking about a lot of relatively high profile work that you do. I know a lot of voice actors. Keep the lights on. You know, four or five, six hundred dollars or pounds, as the case may be, at a time. Doing you know e-learning, corporate narration, things like that. Do you? What other work do you do, or do you primarily focus on on character
0: work? No, I absolutely love doing. Um, I really enjoy doing key, corporate work and e-learning. I I do a lot of e-learning for kids as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a site called Education City that is used throughout the schools, and they, they've got they've got it in America and over here. And for that, I play. <laughs> God, I must play about seven different characters in that. Uh, So these different characters are all teaching the the children words. or Well, not just words, all sorts of things, science and everything. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think I have been pigeonholed into doing things for kids, but I do absolutely love it, so that's fine. Um, But I do do some grown-up stuff too, yeah. I do a lot of e-learning. I did a long... um, I did a long e-learning job on well, it doesn't matter Tuesday or something six thousand words. Just to, you know, it was about um, marine ships. <laughs> so yeah, I do those. Uh, I'd like to get more commercial work just for the money, but um, uh, yeah, I I I do it all, man. <laughs> I think I've done I've done airline, I've done greetings cards, I've done um, what else? It's toys. Um, trying to think that's
1: and you well you won a voice arts award for a virtual reality performance right
0: i did yeah that was that, yeah tell, tell about that.
1: that's that's the that was the first vr uh i think based one that they've done what, what was that role about
0: it was um table of tales it was a vr tabletop game kind of pirate ships and and sorcery and stuff and i i played the Narrator, which came in the form of a, a robotic bird, and she was called she's called Arbitrix, and she just again mischievous and sarcastic. <laughs> she was great because usually for these things they take themselves very seriously, but all the adventures that all the characters had, she'd be like, "Uh oh, looks like you killed them all off." Then <laughs> she just she'd just come out with all these things that were like just um, so. That was a that was the wonderful experience going to LA and and getting that award, um, but I have been nominated, I think for about it's something like eighteen awards. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Um, oh, well, uh, what about you? How many have you been nominated for, <laughs> Jay Michael? A, a, a
1: few.
0: and how many of you won you see i've only ever won one
1: (laughs) well it it, is well well deserved and i think that will be the first of many many more i'm sure talk to me a little bit about the uk voiceover community i know that in in america it's, it's always really remarkable to see how in you know the entertainment world has a reputation for kind of stabbing people in the back and being a little you know catty and difficult um contentious and very competitive, but the voiceover industry in the US somehow seems to avoid that. There's this there's this attitude and willingness to help each other and to you know to take newcomers un, under the wing and, and really guide people forward. I think it's a spirit of abundance. Is is the UK community similar? How does it work over there?
0: Um
1: oh, that was hesitant.
0: Yeah <laughs> well <wow. laughs> I uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I've heard that about the the U.S. community and I've felt it when I've been out there as well um I think that um that there's a, there is a there is a group a, a kind of uh an old school group that have that have felt a a a shake in in everything and that and and they're scared I think probably of the influx of people god I might I might be getting that completely wrong and have a thrown back in my face but um you know I just think I, I am the I'm the worst person to ask about bitching because I am not uh I am the since going to school my friends always said you're so annoying because you don't want to be at your i don't i don't and I don't know why my mum is exactly the same um and I just get on with with what i'm doing um all i don't I don't like seeing people being hurt and stuff, and I'd perhaps get annoyed about that but um I think I've got a group of really good voiceover friends, and I just I, I just stick with them. And if anybody reaches out to me, God, that's an American term reach out, man. Oh, yeah. Um, if somebody reaches out to me, then I will, uh, you know, welcome me with open arms, give advice. If if I can offer it, um, and, uh, help. Uh, I'll help. I'll chat. I, I love, I love socializing. Uh, I love a glass of wine and a chat with my buddies so, you want to know more about the community over here? I think everybody new now that's just starting out seems to be so lovely and enthusiastic, um, and uh, and, I, and I I try and focus on on that really.
1: Right, right. Well, I I, I, th- I think in all industries there's always groups that are threatened by change. And that's not. That's
0: it. Yeah, you're much yeah. better at words than than me. <laughs> that's common,
1: it. Common. And I think I think some adapt and survive and. And some don't, and that's the nature of business, right?
0: Yeah, and I think they. I think that there is a lot of change going on. Uh, we're just going to have to deal with it,
1: right? And well, let, let me ask you the million dollar question that, I, that I've asked. I think both of the uh, last couple of guests I have. What about artificial intelligence and AI voices? Does that scare you at all?
0: Um, I've thought about it actually, uh, of, of late. Um, but I. Yeah. um does it scare me? No, it doesn't really. No, I'm I, I, I think it probably would if I were only focusing on e learning and corporate stuff. Um but I think with, with character stuff I think it would be okay. Um I don't know what I could do you probably tell me this. What could I do to prepare myself? <laughs> anyway what can i do <laughs> It'd
1: be amazing i think is the right answer to that because it's what 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 i've always talked about with ai is that it can only ever be as good as we are it can never be better than we are and if you ever look at the interfaces it's it's actually quite a lot of work for the person on the side who's putting the 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 actual content together even if they're using an ai voice they've got to get the ai to potentially do multiple takes based on input that they're giving it and then assemble it together and find the right emotion or inflection it's it's not quite there yet it's getting better but it, it, it will never be better than we are. It can only be as good as we are, right? Uh, so I, I think personally, and uh, people have heard me say this before, and this, I want to make this about you, not about me, but uh, but at the end of the day, personally, I think that the market's going to kind of cleave a bit and you're going to have people, the people who are doing low budget work and, you know, doing e-learning for four cents a word, they need to be prepared for a very imminent threat to their business model. But people who are doing high-end work, you know, the, the, those buyers aren't going to want to cut corners and, and go away from human voice actors to save a, a, a few bucks. It's not about budget for them, it's about quality and it's about the experience and the creative collaboration. So I, I I don't worry about it. In fact, I think it might actually wind up being a good thing for the industry because it will uh, create a, a real strong dichotomy for the client where they have to choose between either an AI voice for you know fractions of a penny on the dollar or a serious professional, because I think all the hobbyists and and the low end of middle will probably be gone in a few
0: years. Really? Okay. Well, um, so I haven't given it uh, as much thought as that, uh, but I do think I've got my fingers and toes crossed that, um, as far as character work is concerned, it should be okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think character work in particular, video games might be interesting because they're doing some interesting stuff. With they the- are, yeah. I yeah. heard about
0: that voice. Yeah, I can't remember their name.
1: Well, and the 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 thing with that, the, my concern for video games is you've got the the kinds of creatives who are involved in video games are very tech oriented people, and that might make more sense to their brains than it would to you know an ad agency or a casting director or, or yeah. So That's that. That could be interesting. But in any case, uh, yeah, I I think it's I don't think it's uh, nothing, but I think it's probably a little overblown. Um, Did you work in the U.S. market at all?
0: Not very much. Um, I may yeah, mainly the U.K. And I I do um, it's on my to do list is to reach out to try and get some some American agents. I mean, I do have a couple, but to really go for it out there. Um, but no, I don't do much. I I occasionally do a general American accent for animations, but, um, I have done the odd corporate where I've been selected for my American accent, which was, (laughs) which is weird. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Um, but no, generally it's mainly the UK, I think. Unless, oh, sorry. No, I do do some in the US, but using a British accent. Yeah, I do that. Yeah.
1: Do you find that uh, Peter, Peter Dixon and I had a chat about this not that long ago, where we were talking about how it seems like when the the U.S. market, particularly if it's commercial, uses a UK accent, it's often a little bit of a caricature. Do you find that to be the case?
0: Um, no, the stuff not the stuff I've done uh, the, the the corporate things that they've always wanted it to sound. I, I suppose you could say it's a bit uh, because I I I am. I, I, as you can tell, I've got a slightly, uh, it's, it's not a very posh accent, I guess. And so I would probably posh it up a bit
1: right.
0: um, a to make it sound more elegant and clear and um, refined. <laughs> because, yeah, so I suppose I do that a bit. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Interesting. So uh, your Tom, is he the only one?
0: Yes, the one oh, and only, like, there will like, be no more. i like old.
1: one and one, done, we're the same thing. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> being, a, being a working mom, what's, tell us about that. What are the, some of the challenges that come with that?
0: Before I had Tommy, I've got to say, I did not realize the value of an hour. And it's made me so much more produ- productive. And as far as animations are concerned... I am learning about it almost all over again, really, from watching it from his eyes. Uh, where, where work is concerned and balancing things, where um I think when I first started sorry, when I first started, when I first had Tommy, I, you know, I was working very soon, like with I should have I should have written it down, but it was probably a week or two, uh, on and off, you know. And then I, I felt I, it was very, very hard because I wasn't sleeping very well. Um, but I think just, I, I think what, what I've done is my brain has blocked out that experience <laughs> <laughs> and I've come out of it all uh, suddenly appreciating, appreciating the value of time. Um, but I know all I can tell you, it was really hard and I, I somehow. I got through that and it, it, it made, it's, it's for some reason made me focus more on my work.
1: Right. right. It's got to be, the going to be a challenge. I mean, you, what business-
0: about you? Did you f- find that or anything? Well, I, you know,
1: things? I'm, I'm blessed that Anna has taken, you know, and I, I she, she gets all credit because she has taken the lead, uh, from day one, um, oh. simply because there are so many demands on my time and I've done, you know, I've done as much as I, I physically can uh but uh but she, she gets full credit for really having you know done the yeoman's work in terms of raising him His all of the good things about him and really they're pretty much all good things about him uh are a reflection of her um and so I, i've been i've been blessed to have that and been able to to really dial into my career and uh and to be there for her when she needs me but um yeah it's it's uh i i imagine if if I were having to provide any kind of the bulk of the childcare. <laughs> I, I don't know how people do it. So I, I'm, I find it incredibly impressive.
0: Oh, well, I mean, he went to nursery from six months. So it, we really did because uh, we were, we were just trying to work uh, and okay. for, for, for our sanity as well. I was find I found it really hard. And um, I, there was all sorts of reasons why we did that, but um, I'm glad. No, I don't regret doing it at all.
1: Right. And he's been he's been home a lot through all this then, yeah.
0: He has. Climbing the walls. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. And I've even uh, started he did a small voiceover for the Times newspaper. Oh wow. I, I was doing some yeah, I was doing some character voices with a uh, voice of a friend of mine, Andy Turvey, and and he's and he said, There's a little kid here, and I was like, Oh, I'll get Tommy in. And it was just a couple of little I think it was just like a giggle and then it was a little line where he said something like, no, maybe the door or something like that. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, so he's done a little thing and I, um, I'm going to get him, to, to do a little reel because he's such a show-off like I used to be. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Apples not falling far from trees.
0: Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> but he's brilliant. Oh God, he fills our hearts with joy. Gosh, that sounds so um cheesy, but it's true.
1: <laughs> oh. And th- does he does he seem to really show an active interest in getting on Mike?
0: Um, yeah, because he's wants to he sees me and he goes, Can I have a go? comes in, sits down, but he doesn't really know what he didn't really get it even when I'm I'll go look that's that's my voice on the telly I don't know Uh, he's like did, we did this f- film that's just come out on Amazon Prime called Cattle Hill. And I played this Russian pig, this pig. She goes, 100 apple pies. <laughs> anyway, he's just going around. <laughs> that's that's going, what I
1: ate last night. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> he's just going around going, 100 apple pies, 100 apple pies. <laughs> he's sort of, yeah. He's they're, little going,
1: par- they're little parrots, aren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, and
1: sometimes it's a bad thing. Tom has learned a couple of words from his father that have gotten me into trouble. <gasps> oh, <Uh-oh>. uh- <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> but no, he's great at
0: accents as well. He's like, because my parents are Welsh, and he comes, he, he, he he, he does it now oh i like donuts he starts talking about I'm like, what are you where are you getting this and and all, the, all sorts of things are coming out of it I, i'm like yeah you're gonna i'm gonna make a lot of money money out of you kid <laughs>
1: right, right, right. Yeah, right, my, my 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 little moment of terror with tom was watching him he, he was so into peppa pig when he was younger oh yeah and he spoke with a british accent for for six or nine months I'm just, where, where are you from
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's his accent now then
1: it's well it's 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 american but he's you know it's really interesting because he's in luxembourgish uh yeah. where he was he was in a luxembourgish crash and now he's in the international school there so now he's in an english first school but they still do some teaching in french and german but uh but him going through the luxembourgish crash uh he still he speaks french like a Four-year-old French boy. He speaks German like a four-year-old German boy. He speaks Luxembourgish, and then he slips slips to American English. And I mean, English is certainly his strongest, but um, it's really interesting to see him be able wow, to, to speak really and, and really and really comprehend the others too. What you know, if the teacher or someone is talking to him in French, or I talk to him in French sometimes, and it's it's just completely understood. So it's uh, wow, that uh, is
0: amazing.
1: It's it's the the benefit of being in a really polyglot. Society, I think we uh, yeah. We joke he's going to think we're stupid because my wife and I only speak two languages each. So, uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he'll be great at voiceovers if he wants to do it, knowing linguistics.
1: Right, we are going to make him pay for his own university. <laughs> 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 oh well, yes, <laughs> Julian, let's let's leave with a piece of advice for the voice actors out there listening. Let's talk. Uh, I, I always like putting it this way let's let's have one nugget for those who are just getting started, and then one nugget for those who are in an okay place in their career but want to go to a better place
0: if you're just starting out I'd say I think the most important thing, probably for all of them is focus on on getting good, forget about competition because that that stifles any creativity, and you need that and the gooder you are the more confident you'll get (laughs) you don't have to worry about it so much then (laughs) right so i think i think that i think forget about any competition and focus on being good because i've seen it eat people up and it's just it's just not worth it focus on you right on your craft
1: what about for those who are already doing doing all right but are looking to level up as we say
0: well that's me (laughs) um for me, I would give at the moment i 'm thinking think outside, think outside of the box, another American term, think of the creation rather than waiting for the chances to arrive. Uh, think big
1: that's good advice. think big is regular. Yeah, my, my line is fortune favors the bold, and I've, I've found that to be true, I think, in this business more so than, than most that take the chances that are presented to you and
0: yeah. And the, and the more that I don't think about what other people are saying about me, the easier it is to be that way.
1: <laughs> That's helpful, right?
0: Uh- <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Oh, it's, it's been an honor to be uh, one of your early guests. That's fantastic, Jay Michael. Thank you.
1: Much obliged. And uh, folks, uh, tune in for the next episode. We're going to have uh, one of my favorite people in the business, Jace Patrick, who is one of the real hot young stars uh, in in voiceover these days out in LA. Uh, And uh, what an incredible journey he's had that you guys will get to hear about. So thank you all for being here. This has been This Week in VO. And uh, now here's Kayla.
0: You have been listening to This Week in VO with J. Michael Collins. Be sure to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues on social media. If you do, JMC might just send you a lobster. Now here's nobody trying to sell you anything, because that's just how we roll. Stay tuned for a new podcast most weeks throughout the year.